0: Ohio State's going to be pretty selective about using the transfer portal, and so far that seems to be a good approach. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Mean Gene's comments about NIL. We'll take a look at tampering in with regards to the portal, and then uh, why not have a million coaches on the football roster? All that and more in this edition of the 11 Dubcast. I'm Andy Vance. Joining me, as always, the erudite, the man with the plan, the professor himself, Johnny Ginner. You know, Johnny, great weekend here in Central Ohio. I feel like we went from winter straight to summer with no spring in between planners are rolling out in, in farm country and it's been 85 degrees the past couple of days. I'm, I'm feeling fat and sassy. How's life in the dinner household? How's, how's Johnny Ray jr.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm also fat and sassy. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) Niece's birthday, uh, this weekend was fun. Um, you know, cousins got to, baby cousins got to see each other. That was, that was cool. That was enjoyable. Um, and then I rode my bike a bunch today. So, yeah, we're we're doing good. I I I think it was like today was my first actual total day off in like literally two weeks. So I'm I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time.
0: I I admire you the discipline it takes to go out and ride the miles that, that you do. Uh we talked a little bit about off the air about I bought my first bicycle this year, literally in my adult life. I have not put on anywhere near that much mileage on it yet we actually typically just go a couple miles at a time because we're biking the dogs as as conditioning for the dog show thing that's our, our little hobby mm-hmm. but i admire you and, and my many friends who do real adult mileage on the bike maybe i will someday i don't know
1: well I, I thank you but i also want to point out that i'm very bad at it and in one like i it, it and by bad i mean slow and that's fine and i've made peace with that um but it's it's just well, how fast be, do
0: you think i'm going
1: <laughs> well but you know what There's, the thing is is that here's here's what i do and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be real here uh so there, electric bikes have become much more commonplace in the past i think maybe four or five years than they. yeah used. we have
0: a neighbor that has one he he, he commutes to work every day yeah on, on it and i think that's why that's why he got it. it's kind of wild
1: Yeah, people love those things, and that's fine. I'm not hating on e bikes. Go for it if that's something that you're interested in. I mean, you'll get you out in nature and you get to, you know, bike around a little bit. That's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but anyway, so what I have to do to kind of, you know, uh, soothe my ego when I see somebody like just dominating and and just making me look like crap, I'm like, that's probably an e bike, probably an e bike, (laughs) probably that's probably they're going fast. It's not because it's not because I'm slow, it's because they're cheating. And I am going as fast as anyone can (laughs) possibly go on a bicycle. So, yeah. And that, and so anytime I see that, I'm just like, e bike, gotta be e bike. No possible way. That's, that's human powered. It's the
0: only thing that makes sense. You know, it's like, uh, uh, one of my, one of my hobbies over the years has been, has been what I call recreational power lifting. I, I always say, you know, uh, anything remotely like cardio is not my jam, but I like picking mm-hmm. up heavy things. And, and, and so invariably I follow as, as uh, well, you, you, you like to lift too. So maybe, maybe you're like me, my Instagram feed mm-hmm. has a lot of shirtless gym bros and, you know, CrossFitters <laughs> and bodybuilders. And so, and, and I always get a kick out of, you know, when, when people see somebody as you know, some big, strong dude who just you know, deadlifted 700 pounds or something like, ah, he's on the juice. He's on the
1: juice. Yeah. He's Yep. He's not humanly possible. Yeah. It can't be. Couldn't, couldn't be me. Deadlift. (laughs) He just deadlifted 250 pounds. That's not, that's not a thing. People can't do that. Is
0: Natty or not? Nah, nah. Can't be. All right. Let's get into some uh, shop talk. Ohio state uh, is, is remaining selective about using the transfer portal. You know, this is the era of the portal. Ohio State certainly has benefited from the portal. Ohio State has lost some talent to the portal as well. Going, uh, I thought this was an interesting statistic from Dan Hope's piece on Friday the 13th. Going into his third season as Ohio State's head coach, Ryan Day had lost only 13 scholarship players to the portal, but since the start of the 2021 season, he's had 15 players say peace out, homie, and hit the portal in just eight months. Now, you know, to me, this uh, actually doesn't say a whole lot about Ohio State's program, but more so this era of pretty much uh, painless player mobility. I say p- painless from the player standpoint, that is, that there, there are no hurdles to speak of to deciding to take your talents to South Beach or or wherever. Now, you and I have been pretty open that uh, that player mobility is is a net positive, at least from the player standpoint. Mm. I really enjoyed Dan's look at... Ryan Day's approach to the portal. And even though they've had this many guys, you know, go out into the portal that they're being pretty selective, uh, about the players they bring into the portal. I think maybe there would be a temptation to, to say, Hey, we're going to go out and get the best available players. Like going to the draft, right? We're going to get the best available player regardless. And that does not seem to be Ryan Day's approach at all. As you, as you look at what day and company have done in terms of bringing in players, I think it, I think it'd be pretty hard to say they haven't done the right thing so far is that is that your read as well
1: yeah i would agree with that and i also think that you know ryan days he's the kind of guy i mean at least offensively i mean i you know i know he trusts his defensive coaches is going to kind of figure that out but offensively he has a very clear vision and idea of what he wants his You know, team to look like he wants his roster to look like so to that end he's not going to be like okay we gotta get this guy we gotta get this guy because they're the best he wants a good fit he wants somebody who's going to benefit his scheme and what he has in mind and that's honestly that's probably the way to go because a lot of it too is about team cohesion especially when you've got a you know an offense that relies so much on the passing game that and that doesn't just i mean people can look at that and go okay well the quarterbacks and the wide receivers have to be on the same page but that's everybody they have to know the tempo of things i mean it's just it's not as easy as just picking parts you know it's not like a lego thing right that you just assemble and okay well i bet i'm missing this one so i'll just get the other one it's just a different you know its just a slightly different shape but it's fine it'll fit that's not really what he's going for and when you've got high level concepts difficult things you're trying to teach it can't just be anybody. You got to find the guy who who fits well with your team. And I think they do a really good job of that. You know,
0: interesting. I, I liked how you focused on the offensive side of the ball there for a minute, because it reminded me Ari Wasserman at the athletic this week had an interesting piece posing the question is Ohio state, the new quarterback you and, and talking about, of course, Ohio state's latest boon uh, in recording, bringing in Dylan Rayola of uh, Chandler, Arizona, the number eight, overall prospect number three quarterback in the 24 class again hard to argue that day hasn't been hitting on all cylinders from a quarterback recruiting standpoint but of course you could say a lot of that um was also sparked by the addition of Justin Fields through the transfer mm-hmm. portal so i mean kind of underpinning what you're saying supporting your argument
1: that Well and like Trey Sermon right that's actually Oh one, my
0: gosh great example
1: which is really interesting to me too because it took a while for him to really get up to speed and i think part of that was because you know how how did he fit in the offense and how could he do certain things and whatnot and once they figured it out he was an unbelievable weapon right i mean he 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 literally broke records and just did some amazing things and so i i really think that's part of it too like how quickly can you integrate these guys um and obviously when he was there we're talking about some really unusual circumstances but like you know that's that's really what i'm getting at here is that it's not just a plug and play kind of thing you've you've really got to figure this stuff out and and see how quickly you can integrate a guy and how quickly he can benefit whatever side of the ball he's on
0: the selectivity i think is really smart and it's interesting you know sing ryan day's approach and ohio state's approach uh there was an interview last week with uh, tv personality paul feinbaum had a bit of a round table with uh georgia coach kirby smart and he talked with uh, uh nick saban as well and, and, you know, Kirby Smart was responding to some comments from Louisville's Scott Satterfield about tampering, um, you know, Louisville lost a, a receiver to Alabama. Kirby Smart said, ah, I don't think it's happening quite as much as people seem to think. Uh, and then he talked a little bit about, about the players you know maybe be the ones who are who are doing the quote-unquote tampering in other words these kids are all connected on social media anymore they all know each other from the camp yeah. circuit and, and you know but haven't they always
1: done that like don't well, we, you would don't, certainly think yeah and don't we but no but we like report on that stuff during recruiting times like right. we're like oh yeah this guy committed to Ohio State and now he's like working on this other guy and trying sure. to you know get him to come and join him and they I mean they <laughs> is it tampering if it's literally like Well, I mean, and I think that's, you know, and I think
0: that's the pushback, right? That Kirby was basically saying, hey, you know this is mostly what's happening and that isn't tampering uh it's not so much that oh nick saban has got his handlers behind the scenes yeah trying to grease the wheels with this kid who's over at louisville but is, is
1: kirby upset about that like oh, he's is that... no
0: no i don't know i didn't get that sense i guess yeah, he, i don't he, think so either i think like, he was arguing that there isn't as much true tampering yeah. a, you know if you follow the letter of the law that what's really right. happening is college kids saying hey i love it over here come here which right. nobody would say is in, in any way nefarious or illegal right now i'm sure there's schools trying to figure out how to quote unquote weaponize that because we try to mm-hmm. weaponize everything you know but but you want to have an environment i mean let's be real you want to have an environment where your current players are willing to go say hey dude i love it in columbus come here if you're thinking about going anywhere as sure. opposed to being like, don't come here. I hate this place. Right. Yeah. Like you don't want to have this place sucks. Yeah. Right. I hate my position code. And that actually, and that does happen and occasionally. of course it does. Right. Cause think about this is if you, you know, we're, we all work at a job, right? So if you're thinking about your place of employment, if somebody came and asked you, Hey, I'm thinking about applying for a job at your company, would you say, yeah, man, I love it here. You know, my boss is great. The benefits are awesome. Whatever, or you'd be like, oh God, no, I hate it here. If I could do literally anything else, so that's you know that's what you're talking about. Back to the culture question. uh So I thought I thought uh, Kirby, and, and of course, I <laughs> got a bigger kick out of Nick Saban's comments on that on that same uh, broadcast with Feinbaum. You know, and, and of course, he talked about the tampering thing, and he said, hopefully, we have enough honesty and integrity uh that we're going to abide by the rules, and, and that's fine. That's that's pretty good coach speak, and. Uh, but I, later in that same broadcast, he said something about, you know, wishing we could get back to when we had a uh, parody in college football, you know, like this new era, uh, is somehow, and I'm like, uh, coach, have y'all looked at your trophy case lately, what I don't you know how about? much parody we've been having <laughs> since you arrived in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but I and digress.
1: It, and is, it is parody even possible you know is it possible
0: and is it really desirable i mean i feel like i i grew up rooting for jimmy johnson's dallas cowboys i wanted those guys to win forever in a day no i was not simultaneously a fan of notre dame and the yankees it was just it just happened to me for whatever reason i really liked the cowboys it's kind of like you know the showtime lakers right i love my dad loved the showtime lakers I, i you know i remember the showtime lakers um and and remember playing as those guys um on like nba jam 93 or whatever it was on the super nintendo that was a great little game is the one where the the ball literally caught on fire you oh know, yeah when exactly. you wrote a shooting streak you know what i'm talking about yeah i love that
1: yeah, game. of course yeah
0: so anyway i love those those cowboys that was a dynasty right you know how many of they won there under jimmy and i think people enjoy that until you get to the certain point it's like people love tom brady until he won his 17th Super Bowl, and they're like, all right, yeah, if right. spread that crap around. But I don't think they really, truly want parity. I, I don't think they want the Super Bowl trophy going to all 32 teams once
1: every 32 years. That's I think, what the time right. when you say
0: parity, nobody's going to
1: enjoy yeah. that crap, right? No, well, and it's like I said, I don't think it's possible. I mean, that you've got a sport in baseball with like you know revenue sharing all this other stuff, and it's like, well, the Reds still suck, and they're always going to suck, and they're always going to be terrible. Just <laughs> I really, I really just want to work in the fact that they just no-hit the Pirates and still lost to them. So but we <laughs> we were sitting at dinner. I just that sorry, I know that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But no, I'm, it does. You're
0: here, talking about
1: par- I mean, the, the, I the MLB is in the in perfect example. I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is the most infuriating thing I could possibly imagine.
0: We <laughs> were sitting at the bar having supper. Uh, there's a great little pizza place in in Bexley called Harvest. I, I really recommend it. It's a great, great joint. And we're sitting at the bar and the Reds are on while that debacle is going down. And the stunning Mrs. Vance said to me, "Not we weren't really watching the game per se, but she's, yeah, you want to go catch a baseball game this season?" I was like, "You know they suck, right?" <laughs> yeah.
1: Unless you get unless you get on that three two one deal, right? You get the the three beer three dollar beers, two dollar hot dogs, one dollar ice cream.
0: That wasn't a bad deal, you know. When we we're and then they sell out at so. like the
1: second inning, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah. You're <laughs> right. Right. God, why would he? Anyway, sorry. Regardless, though, my my overall point that I'm trying to get at is that even when you try to half-ass parody, right, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. And, and with yeah. college football, the way things are so entrenched, the way that the dynamics of the game works in general, I just don't know that that's something that's even remotely possible at this point. And so like, I understand where people talk about competitive balance and things like that. Um, And this kind of goes into some of our conversations that we have about the playoffs and whatnot. But like, honestly, I I think you really just have to, especially in college football, just accept that a lack of parity is kind of part and parcel of what we enjoy about it, especially because like how hype do we get about, you know, teams upsetting other teams that have no business, right, being in a game with them and whether, you know, you're a 25 point underdog. And that happens on a regular basis. That's something that we uh, that we live for. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. And it's one of the most entertaining things that happens every season. And we we pray for something like that. Absolutely. And people have prayed for that, something like that against Ohio State and have seen it come true. So I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that's part of it. And I understand what they're saying, but like, it's been the reality of the game for a long time that that's just not how we consume college football, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah and it, I mean, it goes back to the whole idea of, you know there was a time when we would say okay college part of the beauty of college football was that it's a super regional affair and you know it's kind of become a national sport now uh one of the things oh, i yeah. thought was kind of interesting uh in that context by the way and this little side note we won't spend a lot of time on i i noticed this year that because monday night football is going to be on new year's day the rose bowl and the other playoff games are getting bumped to like jan 2 and it's like you know i think a lot of us feel like college football is king and then you very quickly realize, like, oh, uh, it's still kind of second fiddle to the NFL. Oh, it, even,
1: yeah, it's not even close. I mean, it, like you think about yeah, how yeah, huge college football is. Though, NFL right? games are still like high, more highly rated than the highest rated college football game. Yeah. And,
0: and I think we've, we take that for granted because of how well Ohio State does in the ratings consistently mm-hmm. uh, and, and the draw that any game with Ohio State in it. It, it is. And certainly the networks love to carry Buckeye games. They do, but but
1: the best rated Ohio state game is still like an average NFL game at best.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's easy to lose sight of that. That's why that kind of jumped out at me that, oh, well, CFP getting, getting pushed around here a little bit, you know, from the transfer portal, let's go to NIL, because I think this is the other part of the, the puzzle in terms of parody and everything that's going on. Mean Gene, the, the top athletic director in the country, Gene Smith said literally 24 hours after we talked about the failures of the NCAA related to nil and and finally getting around to thanks to gene's work on a blue ribbon commission uh finally getting around to saying hey we may be able to do something about this smith highlighted some of the things he'd like to see the ncaa do um with regard to nil he, he highlighted the guidelines he said he thinks they're pretty necessary uh mm-hmm. and mentioned the risk of potential lawsuits i thought this was kind of interesting talking about um the the, the possibility of lawsuits out there You know, this, the amount of exposure I think that everybody has in this NIL era is one that hasn't been really talked about a lot. And I honestly hadn't thought about a lot until I was reading, you know, Gene's comments about it. Um, The amount of legal exposure that the various parties have in terms of liability and uh, compliance issues. I mean, there are so many layers to this NIL onion that nobody's really talked about yet, like at all
1: yeah well and the thing is i think they're spooked because they've gotten you know beat up by the supreme court a little bit and so they see that and they're like all right well then what does this mean if we push too hard if we you know try to slap on too many restrictions all that kind of stuff and so yeah i think that's that's a big part of it they're they're nervous about what comes next if they try to regulate it too much it's not even you know we talk about oh, we can't get the genie back in the bottle well, that's true but part of it is because a you lack the enforcement powers to do it and b uh, you are worried about it if you try to assert those enforcement powers that may or may not exist. So that's, that's really the problem. It's, it's not so much as like, you know, a, a, want to kind of thing. I, I think it's just, they're, they're afraid of, of what this looks like. And, you know, that's what happens when you don't make a plan for anything and just kind of wing it for a year.
0: And Smith said in his interview with 11 warriors that, you know, they did not anticipate, um, the collective that, you know, we have all of these NIL collectives that have emerged to try to draw recruits to a specific school. Yeah. yeah that was something you uh,
1: emphasized like multiple times in that.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, I guess part of me gets that the other part of me is like, well, you know, again, <laughs> had there been some more forth, you know, forethought put into this, uh, you know, and there was a proposal a piece of legislation put together that, um, would have governed, would have proposed some legislation to the NCAA to govern NIL. They never adopted it. Um, instead, just sort of allowing it without the formal regulations that you would have expected and anticipated. The other, the other piece of this that I think I'm, I'm just waiting for, and I thought maybe we'd get some here at tax season, uh, and maybe it was just simply too early. I'm I'm waiting for the story about. The recruit who suddenly has this massive tax bill that they were totally unprepared for or, mm-hmm. or or somehow getting 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 lit up by the revenue man because they did a seven-figure nil deal and spent all the money and didn't realize the tax liabilities that they were having to face i just think there's a lot of stuff that's coming down the line here that uh thanks to the ncaa's inaction
1: yeah, I mean, you can prepare guys for that. Although I will say that most of these dudes have probably had jobs at some point and, and understand that taxes generally get paid. But... I, I mean,
0: I mean, I would say that's true. However, come I remember the first year that I, as an adult, spent as a freelance writer. So i I'd, I'd been in radio for almost a decade, and then went back to Ohio State to finish my degree, having always worked, a, you know, W two type job where your taxes were withheld. And then I spent a year as a freelance writer, basically doing my own thing. And I mean, I knew. That I had to pay that, but kind of just sort of ignored the whole thing about paying your quarterly estimates, and so then, when that tax bill came, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I got to write a check for what? <laughs> I, I mean, that was a real come to Jesus kind of moment in you know in, in my one man household well, see what time. you got
1: to do is just do what I do and take a bunch of weird jobs and get paid under the table half the time. <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's I was I was, I was trying
0: to be legit, and uh, being legit was painful. Let me just tell you, being legit was painful. You wrote a great piece this week, Johnny, talking about the, the – speaking of other NCAA rules, we have this uh, – what I find to be a very interesting rule currently that may be going to the dust heap of history that has to do with the number of official coaches that Ohio State uh, and every other – uh, school can have officially on the sideline. Now, this isn't counting the many quality control and special assistants, to the special assistant to the head coach, and so on and so on out there. Uh, I kind of get a kick out of your piece uh, about about all of these staffers that you know we we could have uh, in the future, and the, um, the comical look that you took at it. My first question to you is: What's the point of having a limit on the number of coaches that a school can have? is this back I, to this failed idea I don't know. of parody that we were just kind of chuckling about
1: maybe but i don't i mean I, I don't know i mean i guess maybe you could you could say that well it's it's to limit a schools maybe this is like some rule like it, maybe it's it's an evolution of an antiquated rule from like the 1950s where it's like we don't want schools to spend too much on a coaching staff for a sport right that's that's too too much investment in sports this is about education blah 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 i don't know maybe that's where that comes from um i mean i don't <laughs> i don't see any reason not to hire 500 coaches if you want to hire 500 coaches i think you get diminishing returns at a certain point um, agreed agreed but uh you know what i i think it would be i think it would be a waste not to have like super highly specific coaches just screaming at kids for literally every bodily action that they take from you know sun up to sundown i think that's well and in between so you know you should have somebody like screaming like, sleep 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 like when they're when they're you know in their dorms and their beds that somebody needs to be like screaming at them to sleep better and if when they wake up they need to be brushing their teeth the maximum efficiency and if they're not they need to have an assistant to that coach Heck to make yeah. sure that the quality control and the toothbrushing is getting, you know, <laughs> improved. So I'm just saying like, if, it, if a school wants to do that, if they want to throw their money at somebody to do something incredibly wacky, then, then go for it. I don't really think it, it matters that much in the long run. Um, but I also don't think that it's going to give, you know, Ohio state some decided recruiting or, you know, on the field advantage over Clemson, if, Ohio State has like you know a chief like sock inspector or something. I don't know. <laughs> the toothbrushing
0: one is probably my favorite uh, because I'm sitting here thinking, and I remember distinctly when I went that that year. I talked about being a freelancer. I went back to Ohio State to finish my undergraduate degree, and I was taking summer classes. And I want to say I was in like a summer biology lab or something. And the lecture portion of that of that bio class is probably one of the Gen Ed type requirements, the GECs. And there were a bunch of athletes in that in that summer class, uh, and so every class period, at some point, never at the same time, an athletic minder would come in, and he would just slip into the side of the lecture hall, and he would have his notepad, and he'd scan that, and he would check off to see which athletes were there and which ones yeah. weren't. You know, so so if you were if you were skipping class, you know, coach was gonna light you up because. You know the 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 handler was going to know that you weren't there. So right. okay, that's somebody who's clearly on set. So I kind of chuckle because you know these bigger athletic departments already have a rather large number of humans doing. Various well, that's, tasks. Right? And that's kind
1: of what I was saying. Like these guys' yeah, lives yeah. are micromanaged to the nth degree. I mean, it's it's insane how much they have to do and how many people are watching them do it. And that's not including, you know, all the eyeballs on them on Saturdays. It's just it I I can't imagine it doesn't feel at least a little bit oppressive um to have that much you know on your plate and people on your back about every single thing every single day. So I don't know, man, it's, it's weird because we kind of demand that. And we, we want players to you know maximize their potential. Um, but then they, you know, we get, we get a little squeamish when they want to do the same thing. So, you know, financially or something like that. So it, it's just, it's interesting to me because we place so many demands on these guys. And sometimes to me, it feels like we do that, but then we don't want them to not, you know, not we don't want them to take advantage of things that would allow them to maximize their own personal potential i really enjoyed
0: the piece if folks uh didn't read it you should do so johnny posted it on friday the 13th and uh good stuff as always my man thank you all right with that uh let's uh let's dip into the mailbag it's time for ask us anything good time to remind you that this segment like the entire dubcast is brought to you by the dry goods store at 11warriors.com hats t-shirts stickers all kinds of fun and frivolity there, things that you absolutely can't afford not to afford. You can find them all at drygoods.11Warriors.com. What have the fans sent us to discuss and cuss this week, my friend?
1: All right. So we want to remind you that you can send us questions to dubcast at elevenwarriors.com and that you know, the 11 dub cast really cannot survive in the off season without your ask us anything questions. So I thank you so much for sending them in. Uh, this first one's from our good friend Alvin, which is kind of a continuation of a question we got last week, uh, which is if you were in a band, what is your band name? Who is in it? What instruments and what type of music?
0: Okay. So I got to go to the band name first because we actually had this discussion the other day at the band's household. And I got to give shout out to the little tyke on this one. I don't know how exactly she came up with it, but uh, I I think this must be a metal band that we were doing. And and, uh, the
1: name was the electric death that's a and, great name for a metal band it
0: is so so we were gonna be the electric death what was the rest of the question so i got the band name uh in.
1: all right so who's in it what kind of instruments i assume we're we what type of music so it's definitely a metal band that's cool yeah
0: clearly the electric death is a metal band it has to be uh and so is you know your your typical metal band uh accompaniments uh or you know it's all all guitars and and lots of steel all, and guitars, all guitars guitars basses steels drums you know i guess there's a keyboard
1: in there maybe <laughs> Okay. There is not a horn set. There is I not really, a horn I would have really appreciate this heavy metal band where it's just like literally one, like one sad keyboardist just like lost in the back of the stage with like 25 guitars in front of him and he has no idea what he's doing.
0: Uh, that's pretty good, yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, that would be pretty sweet. I enjoy that. I so band name, you know it's funny i like band names with animals in them i actually oh yeah uh, nice a friend of mine has a band uh called i think just shark i think it's just shark <laughs> and i actually really appreciate that i love it so uh i in high school i had a friend who one word names might really might be the way to go in high school i had a friend whose band was just house and i thought that was pretty good so something literally something the house that band. Was, yeah they were the house band well they were just house but you know they're always the house band wherever they go i thought that was pretty good so i think pretty much anything along those lines like a, a one word animal like pangolin i think might be pretty good you know like some kind of like blue whale or no blue whale is a little too that's a little too like and yeah i don't know I, you know what i mean it's like killer whale might be better i think killer whale would be good or whale shark Ooh, whale shark oh my gosh sorry <laughs> sorry sorry, virginia it's it's gonna be whale shark i'm gonna i'm gonna one up the shark band and it's gonna be whale shark um instruments you know the thing is the kind of music that i like i i'm i'm a if i were realistically able to play music which we're really stretching the the bounds of reality in in this question but let's say i were I would probably most likely be in a band that was like kind of a, a Beck-ish kind of feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A little weird, a yeah. little electronic, a little like, you know, integrating some, some honky tonk and, and rock, that, that kind of thing. I think that would be probably what, what I would play. Um, so as a result, I'm not singing. I, I have no pipes for that. I, don't, I can't imagine a universe in which I would. Um, but I would probably, I, I think I could do lead guitar or something like that. I'd, I'd get a cool there'd be a cool guy as the lead singer somebody you know all the ladies would swoon over we need something like that um i don't know maybe i'd play drums i don't know you know but I. it would be a pretty standard band i would just want to be make sure that we have a guy who can integrate all the the funky goofy stuff on the synth and then with the you know the the samples and all that thing so i you know Base of the band would be pretty fairly normal, but I would definitely weird it up about eight or nine notches as much as I could. Um, so yeah, whale shark—it's the next new thing uh, in another lifetime. So uh, this next question here, this is from uh, Matt from Charlotte, and this this is a big one, Andy. I'm I'm, I'm going to have to—you may want to take notes while we do this. I'm oh, just going to okay. give you a heads up right now. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> this is the most bonkers question he can think of based on the 10th of May episode. I'm, I'm pretty sure I probably asked for this. So it's my fault. Uh, it is January, 2023. And after a disastrous 2022 season, Ryan day has cleared house of all assistant coaches and is taking a new approach. Oh Lord. Secret. Yeah, I well, you know, and that's why this is important that we get this right. So, secret technology developed under the campus nuclear reactor has given them the ability to create extremely lifelike robots who can take on the personality of any character that has existed in a TV show or movie with at least an hour of screen time. Nice. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So we've got this premise, and then I love that Matt's like, "You have to have an hour of screen time." I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a a great. Fifty-eight minutes, not enough. All right. Anyway, however. Uh, day is restricting you to his favorite shows slash movies which makes sense because really there's a lot you know that he could choose from so we we can't take forever to hire these guys uh or program these robots uh but he listened to the last episode of the dubcast and realized that we both also enjoy his favorites oh my gosh that's why we were picked actually nice all right so therefore we need to select one character from each of the following series to be the assistant coach for ohio state's nine units all right all right Okay, so first of all, before I, I get into this, let's go ahead the nine units on, on the team. So let's go ahead and pull that up right now. I'm I'm gonna nine coaching positions. What are the so we've got we've got offensive line, right? Yep, offensive line, defensive line, offensive line, defensive line. We've got okay, so that's two. We've got Qu- quarterbacks quarterbacks running backs running backs wide receivers wide receivers special teams special teams linebackers linebackers uh cornerbacks yeah all right okay is that nine i don't know i wasn't i think it's pretty close to nine it's pretty close so here's what we're gonna do all right so i'll I'll pull it up and while i'm doing well actually you go ahead and pull that up while i'm doing that i will read to you the uh the um Shows slash movies that we're allowed to pull from. Okay, so I can't wait to
0: hear this. This is going to be all
1: right. Amazing. Yeah. So one is Band of Brothers. All right. Two is Game of Thrones. Three is The Lord of the Rings. Four is the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Five is The Simpsons. Six is Star Wars. Seven is Three Amigos, and then eight is Wheel of Time. And yes, that's <laughs> only eight. Yes, that's only eight but day's favorite actor is Kevin Costner. So he's a necessary inclusion fine. You have to pick Kevin Costner. You just, you, the only chance you get, or the only option you get is you can say which uh, position he is going to, um, uh, he's going to take.
0: Okay. All right. So I was looking at the roster here. So in addition to the head coach, so, so you have, uh, Kevin Wilson's tight ends, um, offensive quarter tight ends, Jim Knowles was a defensive coordinator lineback linebackers. We said we said linebackers uh, yep. defensive line had uh, running game r- uh, running backs offensive line cornerbacks safeties wide receivers quarterbacks special teams. So I think the only thing we left out was tight end. Right. I guess that counts as its own okay. special unit. So
1: well, he says nine. You know what? I mean, You OK,
0: special teams,
1: quarterbacks passing game. Or slash wide receivers. I'm just looking at the Ohio State one. Tight ends, safeties, cornerbacks, linebackers, running backs, defensive line, offensive line, head coach. That's more than nine. So I'm just saying we may. So have tight ends
0: to, must be lumped
1: in with yeah,
0: either receivers or offensive line, Pick and one that's fine. Cares.
1: And that's fine. But yeah, my yeah, point yeah. is, we'll take we'll take these these nine or these these eight things. Yep. Okay. And then what you need to do is we'll just try to fill them in. Okay. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to copy this. I'm going to, this is very involved and I'm going to make sure we're intentional about it because the fate of Ohio state football rests in our hands. Huge, huge. All right. So I'm going to give you this list. All right. And then we're going to just go into it. Now, again, as a reminder, Kevin Costner has to be one of the coaches. Okay. Okay. Now that may be the most interesting
0: one to try to pick from
1: all right well where you put kevin costner i agree and here's the thing okay let's do this instead of just kind of like running down one by one i want to go through the options that we've been given to choose from and say who are good candidates for coaches period and then we can like slot them where everyone will slot them but band of brothers who would what do you think
0: so i'm going to defer to you because i will admit to that is on this list that is the one gap in my knowledge so i'm going to defer really? to you because you I'm are actually yeah. really
1: surprised that you hadn't you haven't seen that one
0: you know and it's funny because there there are a couple things like that when when i think about like the great series or or we could be talking about movies too but mostly series where yeah. there are shows that i am absolutely interested in totally on on board and, and have not actually watched like i've watched a goodly quantity of unfortunately goodly quantity of television and movies over the year used to be what i would do like so let's say for example when survive not survivor um lost (laughs) similar to survivor but totally different uh when survivor was huge when 24 was huge like some of those series back in the you know previous uh decade yeah what would happen a lot of times is about season three when everybody. Well, I did this with Game of Thrones too, and it wasn't necessarily intentional. But once the hype machine got so big, and it was like, okay, this apparently doesn't suck. I'm going to go ahead and binge these three seasons. I remember distinctly, like with Lost and 24, that was when you were still getting DVDs from Netflix, right? Right. So you're binging them on the DVDs or something. Uh, that's that's how I got into those. So a lot of times it would be you know season three before i'd really get
1: into it and then yeah, it was like, and band of brothers you know, is just like the you know the one season right eight episodes i can't remember but it's 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 quality man i recommend it now here's what i'll say there's there's some decent options in band of brothers the two would obviously be uh for me the the two main ones you know are, are probably the most popular characters um, Damien Lewis plays Dick Winters. Uh, he is promoted throughout the series because of his leadership uh, ability. I would say that guy has head coach just written all over him. I mean, just complete leadership material. He's basically the Eisenhower of the series. And he was a real human being. I mean, all these guys are real human beings. Uh, really exists in real life, but how he comes across in Band of Brothers. I think Dick Winters is, is the dude uh, that you want um, kind of, you know, helming any kind of operation. Uh, now, the second guy, and this is the dude who I honestly think that you should look up and, and really maybe just on YouTube and, and see the clip uh, is uh, Captain Spears. And this guy, again, a, a real human being, intense just a bulldog kind of kind of the guy who's is really just like uh i don't know how i would put it he's like when you know when you're waving a cape in front of a bull. like there is just somebody you just don't want to get in front of uh when 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 the chips are down something's going on he he is just an incredibly interesting person in the context of that series i would make him the strength and conditioning coach frankly because i would not want to cross that dude or skip a class if he tells me to go uh scary scary guy and and portrayed as such in the film so i or in the mini series so i would definitely pick that um and, all right. and
0: captain spears of course went on later to be lieutenant colonel spears had yeah. some great nicknames I, I loved i was scanning his uh wikipedia bio and nicknames include sparky killer bloody and the dog so yeah you know probably earned all of those yeah it's a righteous righteous nicknames i love that yeah
1: um Okay, so Game of Thrones. What do you think? Who would you nominate in Game of Thrones to be a a, a position on a position or head coach at Ohio State? Yeah, there's some so many great choices with with this. Ned, one, right Ned would be Ned would watch as his program commits a bunch of recruiting <laughs> violations and then <laughs> self reported it. Self report all get, of them. Yeah, he would get fired.
0: God. Ned, you know, and and it was I was so glad do that the I trestle. had pulled the trestle. He was totally the trestle. I I was so glad that I had read the books when i started watching thrones because i i would have been so devastated when ned started. Oh, yeah. spoiler alert spoiler alert sorry spoiler alert the yeah, show's been out for a decade up. now but uh i would have been so yeah. devastated because i loved that guy uh yeah. and uh, you know sean bean is a great actor number one let, let me just say like that guy sean
1: uh, bean could be in this twice actually he really I could be
0: yeah, true story. Yeah, he actually could be really could be. Um he played that so well and he's a guy that has played I mean guys that you hated yeah. And, and a lot of, well, you know, we can, guy we could be talking about in his other appearance in this list uh, was not necessarily a guy you love through a great part of it. But anyway, I, I just really enjoyed um, Ned Stark there. So uh, I would be really tempted to go with him because, you know, you want your players to be integrity and honor and so on and so forth. But my God, yeah. you're right. Um, the guy, actually, I would probably I would probably hire, and I think I would probably hire to be my linebackers coach, uh,
1: might be the Hound. Because oh, man. The good hound, choice savage doesn't he warrior hey, doesn't he remind you a little bit of, of anthony schlegel a well
0: i mean talk about a guy who will lay you out if you run on the field i'm just saying and and the thing about the hound is that and maybe it's just the tv version of the hound and not so much yeah. the book version maybe um but there's a little more
1: romantic i think
0: well and the part about it is like you can see and again it could be just tv version you can see that that streak of him that he's there's a good person in amid all of that (laughs) like nasty i will cut your head off and spit in your eye like he he wants to be the good person it kind of reminds me of the scene from pulp fiction um where where samuel l jackson is talking to Tim real hard trying real hard ringo I want to be the shepherd. That's you know, right. like that's love that. that's the hound to me. The hound wants to be the shepherd. Man, you know, but he's a, been such so, a great
1: choice. He spent
0: so long. <laughs>
1: Out of all the characters in that in the Game of Thrones universe, I think that's an excellent choice. All right, let's move on to Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna say for Gandalf, because Gandalf's gotta be the choice here. I mean, you know easily. Where yeah, are you yeah. where
0: are you putting him on the staff?
1: Well, I think he's gotta be the offensive coordinator because if you think about it, you are basically what are you doing what what is the mission of the ring what are you trying to do you are trying to infiltrate the enemy's zone yeah so to speak yeah carry a precious item and get it to a part of that zone to end the quest and and look at this who who got
0: all of the pieces on the board where they
1: needed to be exactly and came back right Gandalf the biggest vine. comeback and biggest comeback in middle earth history is gandalf <laughs> like the dude knows how to like game plan he yes. knows how to stage a comeback i'm just saying he's got to be the offensive coordinator and i i really don't think there's a better option for that yeah um what do you think okay marvel cinematic universe who, would, who are you picking
0: yeah marvel cinematic universe is is, is really interesting uh, i i think i'm probably uh going with the incredible hulk here as okay. uh, as as my defensive line coach Oh, God. Uh, because Great if choice. there is a better, is there a better, you know, symbol for what you want to do than Hulk smash when yeah. it comes to your defensive line, you want guys who are going to be nasty in the trenches, who are going to, you know, grab the guy across from them and wail on them like the Hulk to Loki in the first Avengers film that's what I want. I want that kind of aggression. I will always remember coach Hart saying to me in freshman football, when I wanted to be a defensive lineman, I was very good as an offensive lineman. I wanted to play defense. And he said, Vance, you're too nice to play defensive line. <laughs> I don't want a nice guy coaching my defensive lineman. Right. Larry Johnson does it pretty well. And he seems like the nicest guy on the staff. So maybe yeah. I'm, maybe <laughs> I'm shooting my whole uh, theory out the window here, but give me the Hulk as the guy who's going to rip some
1: heads off and, and cool. get it done i like it uh simpsons okay so this one's not a deep cut per se i mean i like let's be real i i enjoy the simpsons quite a bit uh but when i say that i mean that i enjoy the first eight seasons yeah yeah. (laughs) so anyway if i'm picking anybody it's got to be uh mr scorpio hank scorpio uh the leader of of this uh insane like you know James Bond villain organization that took <laughs> over the east coast and i you know what i got to say like you know gandalf is still going to be my offensive coordinator i mean it's little little higher stakes in middle earth but scorpio i think deserves uh, at least a shot to be like you know wide receiver or something like that i he's got to be on the offensive side of the ball is what i'm saying running backs i don't know that he's got to be there that's my thing
0: I thought for sure you were going to go with Herman Herman, the uh, owner of the military antique store. I think. No, that guy.
1: No, he's he's too much of a wild card. I don't trust him. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was I, this, this is kind of funny. The only reason, literally the only reason I thought of him was, I think his first appearance was in, and I got to remember what the name of the episode is. It was the one where uh, Bart decided he had enough of getting bullied by yes, Nelson. Correct and he goes to grandpa and you know to try to figure out because grandpa was in the army or whatever and so they end up going to and you know he's got like but get the kids with the bayonets
1: and, mm-hmm. and it was just great and they do <laughs> the patent like thing yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah they totally really ripped good. off patent yeah that's exactly right it was beautiful
1: <laughs> uh star wars who from star wars are we
0: are we putting on this on the I, I, I mean i immediately jump you know the obvious choice here is is master yoda right like that's the that's the obvious yeah. choice i'm gonna go but sometimes
1: you don't want sometimes you don't want too many brainy guys in the room (laughs) well
0: and and i want to you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen i'm I'm going with my man darth vader uh for this one because Again, and I and I think this is a defensive play more so than anything else. I was tempted to say Han Solo running backs because the Kessel oh, Run, you know, again, Gosh, right. That's a good that would have been good though. That would have been brilliant. Uh, but I'm I'm going I'm going Darth Vader here again, a defensive play. I think defensive backfield. It's gotta be a little darkness back there, right? You've got to and, and think sure. about the air superiority. He's a pilot, he's a guy that's a no-fly zone when Darth Vader is in the field. That's
1: true, he is a pilot. Yeah. The
0: death, the Death Star was all about air superiority i know it didn't work (laughs) i know it didn't work but that's because the engineers you know conveniently left a big ass place to drop a bomb that anybody literally could figure out uh so yeah
1: darth darth vader my defensive backfield guy all right three amigos i'm gonna pick el guapo and you know what yeah. And I'm, gonna, and I'm going to, and I'm going to put him at running backs coach. Yes, because, you are. Cause we need serendipity and I'm not going to do that. So how about that? My uh, guy, I left that for you there, you know, see that's
0: perfect because I had a good answer and I zig, cause no, this, I appreciate this it. It's brilliant. Uh, no,
1: no planning there. Wheel by the way, That was,
0: that was yeah. Wheel of time. This is a tough one. I, this is not one I have
1: much familiarity with. So.
0: Yeah. I, I love this series and it's one of those that, you know, if, if, if you like, I don't know if this is technically high fantasy or low fantasy, because I get those confused all the time. But if you like what I'll call real classic fantasy um, in, in, in one that's very Tolkien-esque in terms of the world building, like there's a lot to it. There are big, fat books like George R. R. Martin, Eat Your Heart Out, kind of big, fat books. Millions of characters, it feels like. That's one of the knocks. if you're going to have a knock on like george rr martin if you're gonna have a knock on robert jordan in the wheel of time it's that there are a boatload of characters so you have a truckload of choices here um i really like so the main character's name was a, was a guy named randall thor and and he was called the dragon reborn but his dad was a guy named tam al thor who was a who was a soldier in the wars and tam taught tactics uh to to the local boys and and uh, was a great archer great swordsman and so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have Tam Althor as my my wide receivers coach because you okay. gotta you gotta be able to run a good route tactics are really important you gotta be able to see the field have a little bit of vision that's that that's my guy Tam Althor nice. gonna be my gonna be my wide receivers coach
1: and Matt uh Kevin Costner's special teams because we don't I don't want to deal with him because he's too much of a diva uh, how about that so Excellent question, by the way. Thank well you so done. much for submitting that. That, I really that is prime
0: that. off-season content.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I think that's a team that that wins every game and wins every championship, championship caliber. Uh, last one here. This is from Matt in Minneapolis, who kind of alludes to something that I already actually uh, talked about in the dubcast. Uh, <laughs> but I asked this in all seriousness. As I grew up a Reds fan, and it's painful to watch them lately. And it, again, they no hit a team and still lost. Anyway, Matt said this two days ago. I feel so bad. He's angry at them two days ago. I can't imagine the level of fury. Yeah, he's got to be
0: feeling it today.
1: Uh, Is it conceivable the Reds could lose 145 games this year? Maybe. There's something called talent, and they just don't have it, either at the Major League Baseball level, AAA, or AA letters. How did did a once-proud organization get so bad? I mean, wasn't it supposed to get better after Marge shot was ousted? (laughs) That was over 20 years ago. Yeah. Are there a truly cut there. That's a yeah. deep cut. I, I mean,
0: I remember God, I remember my dad cussing because, you know, Shotzi was out there taking a dump and left field. Oh
1: yeah. People. And, and by the way, for those who don't know about March shot and, and Matt goes on to say, are these truly vestiges of a racist and anti-Semitic attitudes or is there something else cursing this franchise? Uh, March shot was a, just a horrendous human being in pretty much every sense of the word, Um uh, was racist, said horrible things to people, uh allowed her uh, <laughs> comparatively not as big of a deal but still gross, let her giant saint bernard uh dogs just crap all over the stadium uh but literally people, like, run, like yes, this, no, like literally this like is not a euphemism they would just dumps wherever and she didn't care. <laughs> Chain smoker, like I said, said some, you know, awful terrible things uh about players to players, had antiquated ideas about, you know, what a baseball team was supposed to look like and that can mean many different you know things um and she meant all of them she was not a good person in, in my opinion just a, a bad human being and maybe i don't know maybe the reds have been cursed <laughs> due to the hubris of allowing her to stay on as you know owner for so long um but i'll say that you know the larger answer the bigger answer here is that You have incompetent leadership, I think, coupled with an unwillingness to really spend. And when they did spend money for a while, the Reds, you know, their their actual like salary, you know, all all the stuff they were spending on players and whatnot um, was not like nothing. I mean, they would they would drop some cash on guys, but they wouldn't figure out how to actually build a team around those dudes. I mean, one of the biggest crimes that the, you know, the Reds have committed in the past 20 years is, is having a guy like Joey Votto, one of the best players of the 2010s. And I would argue probably one of the top three best players of the 2010s and really doing nothing with his career, like absolutely nothing. I mean, they tried, you know, for a few years, they were, you know, sitting near the top of the the central and, and looking pretty good, getting into the playoffs uh, but they just, it was just B talent and, and you have to win with a talent. And, and part of that involves, you know, building something through the farm system, which their farm system, as Matt mentioned, is not doing great. Um, and part of it is also like paying for dudes and with the understanding that, okay, it might be a rental for a year. And the Reds just have never seemed like they got it right. They, they've tried to pay for guys. They've tried to bring dudes in. They've tried to build up guys to the farm system. And for whatever reason, they just never been that generational talent that the Reds believe will, will guide them to the promised land. And when they finally get that guy in Joey Votto, who, you know, admittedly came up, he was in his, I think he was 25, 26, when he really started to, to catch fire um they just didn't have the system around him to do it so you know through various owners and gms and whatever it's just it, it it's a lack of competence in, in constructing a team and you look at the cubs for example right and that's a team that's a franchise that has looked very bad at times over the past 20 years but they won a world series and the reason why they won a world series because they had a guy in charge who knew what he was doing and That's really the difference. The reds just have a bunch of incompetence in the front office and they have had that pretty much since the mid nineties. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So when people say sell the team, Bob, it's not just like, you know, don't allow the reds to be in the hands of a guy who clearly has no interest in them winning. It's also let's put the team in the hands of somebody who a wants to win and B actually knows how to accomplish that. Um, I don't think the Reds are going to lose 145 games this year, but I kind of hope they do just to show like the importance of competence. And and right now, I don't know that the people who uh, who run the Reds believe in that. So it's pretty it's pretty frustrating to watch. And again, especially after today, because that's insane.
0: And and what are the, I mean, what are they up to like nine? I think, I think when I
1: looked last, they're like nine and 26. they were on a three game winning streak before a couple of nights ago. I mean, they, <laughs> they had strung some together, but you know, Joey, Votto, that's the thing. Like, you know, this might be Joey Votto's last year playing professional baseball and he's on assignment. I think he's on a rehab assignment and, uh, and Louisville right now. And like, so even if you go out to the game, you're not seeing the one guy, of on the team that you really want to see. I know Reds fans were like, praying that this dude would get traded (laughs) to a contender so he could have some success in his career yeah um you know and you look at some of these guys who were on the team after they traded all of their best players for basically a pittance nothing Mm -hmm. um and you just kind of go like oh yeah this is this is what competence looks like and and they they would tweet things out and make statements to that effect and if you're a reds fan you're sitting there in the mud and a pigsty going like what the hell like when when is somebody competent going to be in charge and that's really my rant and and that's it feels like it just has never really been the case for a very long time yeah crazy stuff yep so that's ask us anything thanks for sending those in we really appreciate it and uh keep uh keep sending in stuff and hopefully you know not depressing reds things and, and may, I don't know, maybe they go on a 20 game win streak and, and this all becomes moot, but that's never going to happen. So yeah, probably not.
0: Let's finish this up with some good news. Ohio state's track and field teams pulled off a clean sweep this weekend at the big 10 outdoor championships, couple, couple pieces of good news, both the men's and women's track and field teams finished on the top of the leaderboard at this year's big 10 outdoor track and field championships. First time since 1997 that one school has swept both the men's and women's outdoor titles. Gotta love that. And at the same time, Ohio state rowing won uh, that's 10th big 10 championship in a photo finish. And if, and if you didn't see the photo, you know, go on Twitter and take a look at the photo, because I mean, it was, uh, less than six tenths of a second and, and beat Michigan, yeah. uh, in, in doing that. You gotta love that. And you can win a conference title by beating that team up North. I don't care what sport it is. That makes me a happy guy.
1: Well, and you know what, uh, that's that women's rowing at Ohio state. There's, it's not something to sneeze at, you know what I mean? Like that is something where you've got a lot of talent and time invested, I think into, uh, into that particular sport. Um, so by the way, uh, shout out to former student of mine, Abby, who's going to be swimming or swimming goodness rowing. She's only going to be swimming if she doesn't do a Well, yeah, staying in the boat, right but she is very good at, at what she does. So shout out to her who will be joining the uh, Ohio state women's rowing team. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. Way to go.
0: Good stuff. Good show, my friend. And uh, good job. Oh, one last thing we forgot yeah, to mention.
1: Me. Uh, also shout out, uh, you know, happy trails to, um, our good friend. He's not a friend, but I, I wish he would be at some point, uh, Kyle Young, who is, is going to retire from, uh, from basketball. Um, you know, he's, he's good to go. And, and you know what, it's probably the right move. It's sad to, to see that he won't be able to continue his career and then, you know, maybe make some cash, but I think he'll, he'll be successful no matter what he does. And
0: yeah, totally agree. I mean, if there was a guy and and I want to say, you know, that was a huge get, you know, when Chris Holtman first came on as, as Ohio state's coach, like that was the first big recruiting announcement. I'm pretty sure was that he was bringing Kyle young with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a guy who we were talking about an MVP in terms of how much better the team is with him on the floor than off, Mm -hmm. you know, no, not the lead scorer. No, not that, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna put him above Liddell or, or Malachi Branham this year or whatnot, but but you look at how much better Ohio State's basketball teams were throughout his career when he was healthy and able to play. Um, I, I really feel for the guy because if there was a guy who was a magnet for headshots, how many times did he just get elbowed in the gourd? Yeah, uh, really frustrating because it kept him out of some real key games for the Buckeyes. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It just seems like a guy who you know is going to be a, a star at whatever it is. Uh, I could totally see him, you know, in a coaching role. He's one of those guys that, you know, I don't know if that's of interest to him or not, but you could totally envision it. Seems yeah, like I agree. He really has the smarts and acumen and the personality, the uh, uh, charisma to to pull that off. So kudos yep. to him. Good call and shame on me for uh, not, not mentioning that sooner. Well done. Friends, send us some more. Ask us anything questions. This was fun. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation uh, with this week's questions. And we'll have more Ohio State news and views a week from now. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'm Andy. I'm Johnny. This has been the 11 Dubcast.